you know, it's all very fascinating the way psychedelics work on the brain. So what we think is that um, it can, you know, profoundly change a per person's perspective of the world, uh, their life and death, and sort of help people kind of break down this kind of concept of ego. Um, and so and that's what we sort of find when people talk about what, what happens to them, they often change career, uh, their relationships change, uh, and, and it's kind of a profound change in the way that people experience life. Welcome to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. My name is Keith Fiveson. On this show, I had the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Justin Hanka, who is the co-founder and chief executive officer at MindBio Therapeutics. They're a biotechnology company dedicated to transforming mental health care through psychedelic medicine, specifically using LSD microdosing. He's got over 20 years of experience in business and leadership. He's a real innovator, and he's got a lot of passion for using the science to create solutions for unsolved problems in healthcare. I think you're gonna enjoy the show. He's an advocate for mental health awareness. I met him at the Microdose Wonderland Conference. I was intrigued with the offering, and I invited him onto the show. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I certainly did. Welcome, Justin Henka. Hey, 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 I am here with Justin, Justin Henka, who's the CEO and the co-founder of MindBioTherapeutics. Hey, 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 Justin, what's up? What is happening, man? What's up? Well, I'm, I'm back in Melbourne after a uh, an epic trip to Wonderland um, in Miami a couple of weeks ago, and I've only just yeah. recovered, so it's probably yeah. at appropriate time. Um, my voice <laughs> is back to normal, and... Uh, uh, we're back, right back into the, thing, the swing of things. I'm very excited oh, about what well, you're doing in this with this work. Oh uh, well, Justin, I, I I understand. I was there at uh, Wonderland with you, and uh, I have uh, uh, spent a, a week or two uh, recovering as well. But you have a huge trip. You're in uh, you're you're in Australia, right? Yeah, that's right. Right down in Melbourne, in Australia. So we're just about as far away from everything to do with psychedelics uh, that, that you can be. Um, you know, we're quite isolated here and uh, it's just terrific to kind of integrate with uh, the community and uh, certainly what's going on in the U.S. is very exciting um, and just terrific to be a part of it. Well, you know, Justin, uh, you were nice enough to invite me as a part of the press to uh, the Mind Body, Mind Bio Therapeutic uh, press conference. And, uh, you know, we're all about the mindfulness experience on the show. So I'm wondering what is you know and you were at the psychedelic conference one of the largest psychedelic conferences in the world so what is mind biotherapeutics i mean it's a it 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 certainly sounds like it's about the mind and it's about the the body the biosphere of the body but then we bring in the therapeutic elements what what, what are you guys all about well, we're a clinical stage sort of biotechnology company, uh, but really we're here to sort of change the course of mental health treatments. Mm. And what's exciting to us is this kind of new science that we're finding in psychedelic uh, research. And um, you know, certainly what's fascinated me about uh, psychedelic medicines is their profound impact on thinking and cognition and mood. 
and uh, we really want to get to the bottom of the science here. Our, our scientific thesis is in uh, microdosing. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're interested in small doses of psychedelic medicines and, mm -hmm. and the effect on, on, the, on the brain and the mind. And, and uh, certainly we're interested in uh, treating mm -hmm. these debilitating mental health conditions that are really affecting us all over the world. Mm -hmm. Now, you're talking about psychedelics, but you're talking about a specific kind of psychedelic. I mean, you're really bringing back LSD and the kind of work that really started it all off with Timothy Leary. Can you talk about that from the viewpoint of, you know, what are some of the challenges when you're looking at facing uh, psychedelic therapies like LSD? Well, yeah, actually, well, it, it goes well be before uh, Timothy Leary. So uh, Albert Hoffman uh, mm -hmm. in the late 1930s discovered LSD accidentally in the laboratory mm -hmm. and he was working for Sandoz. Uh, and then it was only a few years later that he realized that it had a pro this profound impact on um, on thinking and mood and cognition and uh, when, he, when he ingested a dose of it. And so mm -hmm. um, after that kind of experience, uh, the LSD was, uh, was swept out into the community. It was used broadly in scientific research, uh, in, in psychiatry, in psychiatric mm -hmm. hospitals, uh, and right. it was available to researchers all over the world. Um, but it was banned in the sort of the war on drugs, unfortunately, in the 70s. Uh, and, right. uh, and, and, and Timothy Leary is the guy that uh, really brought it to the consciousness of the public. And I think it's through that you know, recreational use that it became, you know, certainly popular and certainly uh, started the period where suddenly, you know, tuning in, turning on and dropping out was not a good thing, right? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because obviously, you know, they knew what was going on. It was it was affecting people in in a, in a positive way, and so mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, you know, that that uh, that message was not sort of appropriate for the times, and uh, mm -hmm. the recreational use of things got out of control. Uh, but unfortunately, the banning of these substances just stopped this, you know, this wonderful research. And what mm. we find, fast forward 50 years, we're doing this research and we're finding, uh, we're understanding the impact on the brain, what it's actually doing in the brain. Mm -hmm. um, what fascinates me mostly about these substances is this concept of neurogenesis and neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. uh, and the kind of the re induces the re rewiring of the brain, the brain's natural ability to kind of rewire itself. Uh, and so, you know, that, that scientific process is really fascinating and um, that's what we're getting down to with our sort of clinical trials. Now, looking at neurogenesis and neuroplasticity, um, I've just recently read something around uh, the use of uh, LSD and other psychedelics in terms of working with Alzheimer's and working with individuals uh, to help reverse the some of the aging process. So tell me a little bit about these uh, uh, therapies or the research that you're doing and some of the potential benefits of using LSD from a microdosing viewpoint in terms of the therapies from, you know, the research that you've done. Yeah, well, here's the thing about microdosing. We've kind of known a lot about it for, for decades because people have been doing it recreationally. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's a lot of grey literature around and there's some there's scattered science on the subject, but it, it's, it hasn't been sort of confirmatory that microdosing does anything. A lot of conjecture about whether microdosing is actually a placebo or expectancy effect. Mm -hmm. um, so we've just completed a, a world first uh, phase one clinical trial, mm -hmm. microdosing LSD. And mm -hmm. what we've found is that um, it is not an expectancy effect, it is not a placebo effect. Uh, we, we can see that um, sort of from the psychometric point of view, that mm -hmm. people who microdose LSD on dose day are substantially elevated in certain uh, psychometric factors. Mm -hmm. um, in factors such as energy and creativity, social connectivity, mm -hmm. uh, feelings of wellness and happiness. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that information and data is very exciting because we haven't seen that before. We haven't been able to prove that to the to the appropriate scientific standard. So we now have the data. Mm. So how how do you select the conditions uh, and the target about the research? What goes what goes into that in terms of that research and that that you know getting those kinds of results because that that's very you know that's that's very important in terms of the benefits that you've just outlined. Yeah, absolutely. So the science here is it's pure discovery, really. We're um, so this is a very large safety study of microdoses of LSD, mm-hmm. uh, and so we're really just kind of bro- trying to break down uh, everything from from you know, you know a, a dozen psychometric tests uh, mm-hmm. right down into the um, uh, DNA and blood tests and and so forth to to find out what it's actually doing to the brain, what's going on in the brain, um, and and happening to people when they microdose LSD. And uh, we can see already from the data that we have that um, these these profound changes in mood are appropriate for treating depression and sort of mood mood disorders. Um, and so when you go and talk about kind of this concept of neuroplasticity and and you know will it help people with brain injury and uh, and, and and other brain uh, mm-hmm. diseases and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, conditions of the brain? Well, there's certainly potential for it. We don't really the science is not um, the science is not quite there yet. Uh, but certainly with the data we have, we hope to sort of dig deeper on these issues. Mm-hmm. So um, I understand that, you know, there is a uh, inhibiting uh, some of the reuptake receptors in the brain in terms of serotonin and dopamine. And, you know, certainly with a lot of like with MDMA, that's certainly the case with psilocybin. That's certainly the case. But from the viewpoint of really what goes on in the brain, what what is happening that really is helping with this neurogenesis and helping individuals you know to rewire i mean this is a lot of this is 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 you know we've been studying this as you say back in the 30s and you know i know uh, from a psychiatry psychiatry viewpoint certainly during the 30s 40s 50s and then at the beginning of the 60s there was a lot of research and a lot of work that's been done do you have any insight in terms of what's really going on for individuals you know with the brain itself i i I don't want to get too deep in this obviously but there is something happening that really helps individuals to be present to some you know areas of the brain that may not be accessible to them during normal daylight hours if you will right yeah, look, I mean, the, the science is, is complex in, in, mm-hmm. in this regard, uh, but certainly what we know from, from a neurogenesis perspective is that, uh, and we see this in both microdosing and macrodosing models, is that um, basically uh, new dendrites are growing and sort of new neural connections are forming mm-hmm. in the brain, mm-hmm. uh, which is why uh, we think that uh, when people take these substances, uh, they're able to kind of learn new behaviours and new models of thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, that's really exciting for the research, but the, the science is still very early in this regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly there's a different impact on the brain and whether you're taking a macrodose or a microdose. Um, certainly we, we've only just looked at the top line data in, in microdosing of LSD. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna go right down into the bloods and the DNA and the mRNA and so forth uh, to truly understand um, what's what's happening in the brain and to what extent is neurogenesis occurring. So we'll, we'll have that data. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't analyzed that. We haven't gone that far yet. We'll be, we'll be looking at the phase one results for 18 months. We'll be well into phase two clinical trials um, and we'll be still, still analyzing the data. Mm, this is, uh, well, it's very exciting when you start thinking about it, the ability to go ahead and expand the neural network of the brain and the, go ahead and you know gain greater consciousness. So what is the goal of the clinical research in psychedelics? What's 
what's the ultimate goal of you know the of mind biotherapeutics if you will yeah we have a microdosing thesis so that um, you know we're first target candidate drug is lsd uh, my wish list really with this research is is to dis is discovery, uh, mm -hmm. first discovery, and then uh, look at the treatment. So we want to understand as much as we can about what's going on in the body and the brain um, mm -hmm. so that we can target treatments using these substances. And um, to our thesis, sort of we're running our, our business as well as that we've, we've um, collaborating with some world-leading mm -hmm. uh, academics who mm -hmm. uh, run the research independently. Uh, and uh, we've, we're running that sort of rigorous sort of scientific process out of the University of Auckland in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. um, it's a real healthy collaboration between a corporate, um, you know, the, the you know, academic science and also the interests of the governments mm -hmm. who, are, who are interested in changing the course of mental health. Uh, so uh, our aim really is to just keep producing the science uh, and to create a treatment that we can get out to the masses. We, we believe that microdosing lends itself mm -hmm. to um, sort of uh, to uh, treatment that we can get out to uh, and so that we can scale in the community because really microdosing does, is not interruptive, it doesn't interrupt a person's day mm -hmm. and they can take the medicine in the same mm -hmm. way they can take any other medicine and get on with their day mm -hmm. as opposed to macrodosing where it's a much more profound experience. Um, there's a lot of integration that goes on uh, mm -hmm. in the clinics uh, before and after uh, and that's a different experience and we're supportive mm -hmm. of those experiences and we understand they're profound. Uh, microdosing has a different role to play, we believe, a very important mm -hmm. role. Mm -hmm. um, but the first role that we're doing is discovery. That's what we do uh, with this clinical research. Uh, it's, I'm fascinated by it. I, uh, the scientists are fascinated by mm -hmm. it. Um, mm -hmm. And the other aspect of, of what we're doing in our, mm -hmm. uh, our organization is where this is a marathon to get treatments out. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a lot more to learn about, all um, mm. we can learn about psychedelics than just from the drug itself. And what mm -hmm. we're hearing from people who take these drugs and the profound experiences they have, it's really transforming and, and, mm -hmm. and saving people's lives. And those messages, I think, are very healthy. So mm -hmm. we've chosen mm -hmm. in our organisation to, to amplify those messages, uh, to send out a good positive message about mental health and mm -hmm. to play that role in the community. Mm. So, you know, I, uh, I have you have you tried LSD yourself? No, I would be the only founder of a psychedelics company uh -huh. i think hasn't actually tried a psychedelic <laughs> medicine and uh -huh. so i've been asked this i've been offered i get offered it all over the world when i'm traveling uh but no i i, I haven't uh -huh. uh, but i am i have been romanced by uh, uh -huh. what it does and what it is and uh -huh. i find it fascinating uh i can see myself someday in a uh -huh. retreat in peru um you know uh, doing some having some experience um that's right. the kind of experience right. Uh, but really, you know, I think my role here is um, is is you know I'm a, I'm an investment banker by trade, uh -huh. and uh, and I've fallen in love with the science of psychedelics, uh -huh. um, which is why I'm putting my face to it and I'm driving this strong message. I think I've got a role to play, uh, and certainly it's an interesting role when I actually haven't tried the substance. Um, right. right. Well, it's sort of like selling Kool Aid without trying the Kool Aid, right? You know, and I use that as uh, I use that as an example. I have uh, tried LSD. As a matter of fact, I owe uh, my whole career uh, to LSD. I uh, uh, did uh, several LSD trips when I was living on a hippie commune back in the back in the seventies. Imagine that, Justin, taking a look at me that I was living on a hippie commune, huh? Uh, but uh, you know, needless to say. On my last trip, I uh, decided that I needed to join the army. So I went from one commune to another commune and uh, went into telecommunications and that became my whole career. So I owe 
my whole career in communications to LSD and my trip. And of course, I've had several journeys along the way, but you know, I think there's something there. What impact could psychedelics have on mental health treatments from your viewpoint, uh, you know, given what you're doing at Mind Biotherapeutics? Well, you know, it's all very fascinating the way psychedelics work on the brain. So mm. what we think is that um, it can, you know, profoundly change a per person's perspective of the world, mm -hmm. uh, their life and death, and sort of help people kind of break down this kind of concept of ego. Um, mm. And so and that's what we sort of find when people talk about what, what happens to them. They often change career, uh, their relationships mm -hmm. change, mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's kind of a profound change in the way that people experience life. Mm -hmm. uh, and as I said, I, I actually haven't experienced that myself, but I found that uh, you know, running a company like this, I hear stories like you've just told me mm -hmm. uh, every day, uh, we have people sort of reaching out to us for treatments. Yeah, and yeah I mean, it was, I have to, you know, Justin, it was really like a, it was like a, um, a God moment. It was the ineffable. It was the ability to really recognize that I had so much more to do with my life than to, you know, just be on this commune, which was wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I it really opened my mind. But, you know, I mean, there are these opportunities to go ahead and deal with trauma. I had loads of trauma, loads of things to work on. So what you're saying to me is kind of like music to my ears. When we met, I was like, oh, well, no one is doing this. How many other companies are doing LSD? Uh, you know, research specifically uh, around microdosing. I, I mean, I, I didn't see many other companies at this conference here. Justin, tell me. No, there, 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 there are a few, there are a few mm -hmm. LSD studies going on mm -hmm. uh, around the world. But obviously, mm -hmm. we're this is quite unique. This is a mm -hmm. unique LSD study in that uh, we've had the approvals from the government to to give LSD in microdoses in right. two week lots uh, out in the community. And so uh, it was quite interesting what happened. Uh, we can say what happens when you give people LSD, two weeks mm -hmm. of LSD. Um, mm -hmm. They adhere to the protocol. So 100% of the people um, gave themselves 100% of the doses. There was mm -hmm. no divergence of substances. Mm -hmm. There was mm -hmm. no abuse. There was no misuse of it. Uh, and uh, the data that we're collecting is very interesting because every day they, they report in, they, they run a whole lot of psychometric tests. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of quantitative and also qualitative data here mm -hmm. uh, and so the qualitative information is interesting we're running speech analytics across um, post-treatment interviews mm -hmm. and the way that people are talking about this even in microdosing mm -hmm. we're quite surprised um, the you know LSD uh, is longer acting at the receptor in the brain than psilocybin um, that's mm -hmm. why we chose LSD to start with uh, we thought you know that this this makes sense and certainly what the microdosing community was saying about microdosing LSD made sense and so our scientists just set out to, you know, to prove that that uh, thesis that, you know, microdoses were fe reporting feeling sharper and more creative, and the scientists wanted to know why. Uh, and my role in that was really to just fund it and get it funded. And um, my discovery process has been um, quite wonderful, really. Uh, I've built a, a, an incredible relationship with um, you know, academics uh, around the mm -hmm. world uh, mm -hmm. who are curious about this, uh, as I am. So one of the things I'm reading here is uh, certainly a part of the whole um, area of microdosing. I want to ask you a question because the claim is certainly a variety. Uh, it can deal with a variety of issues, including depression, anxiety, and chronic pain. And I'm wondering, as you start doing these you know, trials and you start working with the government, 
What are the challenges that the company faces when exploring, you know, LSD therapies and the microdosing of LSD uh, as you start moving forward uh, in your development? What are the challenges? Yeah, so the, the challenge is really, you know, I guess it starts with the, you know, kind of the regulatory challenges that we have. So we've been able to deal that in the jurisdiction of New Zealand. It's still a Schedule 1 substance there. And so mm -hmm. uh, we have to deal with that issue and this perception that these mm. drugs, these medicines are, um, you know, are subject to misuse mm -hmm. and abuse and have no medical um, utility. Um, that is clearly not the case. And we're proving that. Um, I think for me uh, personally on this issue, uh, we're, we're about to run a, a phase 2A, which is an mm -hmm. open label in depression. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if I see, if, I'm, if I start to see these, the same responses that we've seen in the phase one trials on mood in depressed patients, if we see elevations in creativity, mm -hmm. elevations in energy and happiness and feelings of wellness, mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, certainly my interest will be to lobby the government's harder for special access because once we have the data, you cannot, you know, you cannot, uh, you cannot argue with with good data, right? If it's good mm -hmm. and solid and the scientific process is followed, um, so I think the first challenge is the regulatory challenge. Uh, the second challenge is also stigma. So uh, to mm -hmm. be honest with you, completely sort of transparent, you know, when mm -hmm. I started this um, three years ago, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I raise money and I'm a banker, right? So I walk up and down financial districts talking to people about investments and mm -hmm. I talk to investors, and that's my job. Um, before I sort of became the front man of a psychedelics company, mm -hmm. um, I was quite concerned about what people might think about um, psychedelics mm -hmm. and and uh, I, was, I was quite worried about it. And certainly we have found along the journey that um, certain invest, certain types of investors uh, won't go near it. However, mm -hmm. I think that's changing. So I think there's the stigma we have to deal with. Um, I, I think the, the what COVID has done to us mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. the mental health crisis is certainly helping. Uh, because the current treatments don't work. Even the governments are saying that. New Zealand government said the reason the New Zealand government gave our clinical trials a mm -hmm. uh, two million dollars right. of subsidies, and the reason for those subsidies they gave is that they said we're doing this because the current treatments are not working in the way that we'd expect them to. So wait a second, Justin. Here you are. You're an investment banker. You you know you 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 raise money. This is what you do. You seem to be you know you're 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 the kind of guy that seems rock solid and you know certainly you haven't yet tried lsd and you here you are you're in a company that's dealing with a schedule one substance and you're looking to go ahead and develop that through these trials and so on what inspired you to find uh, you know the founding of mind bio therapeutics what was what was the impetus to that i mean you're you, it sounds to me like you were in a pretty secure environment and here you are you know you're involved with lsd what's happening man what's yeah, up well, well you know it's it's really surprised me to be to be frank with you it's uh and i've fallen in love with the you know the prospect of of uh, what psychedelics can do for people and um this just appears to me to be something very very good to do uh and i'm driven by that purpose uh and really nothing else we've obviously raised money, a lot of money from investors who are supporting us uh, they love our business. They love our methodology. Mm -hmm. uh, they're getting behind our message. So as I think psychedelics have a lot more to, tr to teach us than just the drug itself. Mm. Uh, these experiences that people report, I think we can learn from those mm. things. Certainly, you know, if we're going to change mental health, we, it's not just drugs. 
It's um, going to do a whole lot more about the way we care for ourselves and each other and also the way we're looking after the environment. Uh, and these are all sorts of things that come up in psychedelics. So things that I've learned, it's a complete discovery for me, uh, the community of people that uh, uh, that's transformed their lives. Uh, and I've become, I think, a, a platform to kind of amplify that message in different mm -hmm. environments. Mm. Uh, and certainly, we're just being encouraged by the support we've got for the message. So um, it's been quite interesting. It's been a real journey, Keith, to be frank with you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, certainly, uh, and 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 being a being a, an ambassador to the financial community and really understanding that, I, I think that's very, very, very helpful. How long do you think it'll be before psychedelics become more widely accepted as a form of medical treatment? Well, I think we've got a ways to go mm -hmm. to uh, to get to that point. However, the, mm -hmm. the opening of those gates will be with the approval of the MAPS treatment for PTSD using mm -hmm. MDMA. Uh, and that wonderful, terrific work that um, Rick Doblin and all the MAPS organisation have done, mm -hmm. that real pioneering work, uh, will be probably the most transformative thing that's ever which is, happened. Which is what? Still a, a year, two years away, right? Apparently, yeah, that's right. According to him, yeah. yeah. That's right, yeah. So that's mm -hmm. I, I truly believe that, um, that that will be the transformative moment for, mm -hmm. uh, for the approvals and will open the doors for the rest of the science, which is still well behind. You know, we're... You know, we're we're starting two phase two trials. We think you know depression will mm -hmm. this will be a transformative treatment for depression. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're still years away. But I think the special access schemes will will certainly open up once the maps once the maps organisation um, goes live with these these substances and they, and, and they, they're out in the community. I think that will open uh, open special access around the world. In Australia, you can't access you can't even access ketamine for depression. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's and it's certainly legal here and from a clinical viewpoint uh the uh, military is really helping to go ahead and spearhead the funding and the treatment uh, which uh, as we well know it's supported by both sides of the government on the republicans and the democrats they've just actually formed a, a committee to go ahead and uh, start to fast track some of these uh, treatments as well do you see a future uh, where psychedelics might be a part of the mainstream form of treatment absolutely yeah the, the the data we have and the endpoints we're seeing in the in the in the science is progressing uh at, at a, a really solid rate now so uh the, the data i'm seeing from our clinical trials there's no doubt that these substances are safe to use mm -hmm. under medical protocols uh, they, they have a lower side effect profile than antidepressants and benzodiazepines which are quite dangerous and um, so mm -hmm. we just need to progress the science and get through phase two trials uh, in a way that's um, you know meaningful and profound and then you know that we've obviously got to get through phase three in the FDA um, our approach will be to get these substances approved in uh, New Zealand first so we're mm -hmm. on we're on a pathway to that uh, as I said if we get through phase two in an open label we start seeing these signals in depression mm -hmm. um, lobbying the government very hard for to to get special access uh, simply mm -hmm. because we have hundreds of people every week um, inundated with people asking can i get these treatments where mm -hmm. do i get LSD from do mm -hmm. you sell it <laughs> mm -hmm. and the answer is no mm -hmm. we we're just doing research uh but the need is you can see the need and being at kind of at the the, the core of this science Mm -hmm. um, we, we can see the demand, we can feel it from people that are trying to find it. So in Australia, for instance, if people want to find these substances, they're doing it illegally, mm -hmm. uh, even foraging for mushrooms. If you go and pick mm -hmm. a mushroom in the forest, mm -hmm. that's illegal. Mm, right. Uh, it's just natural plants. But you're really looking at a, 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 a laboratory 
uh, development of uh, LSD. I mean, it's developed in the lab, right? So you're so from the viewpoint of looking at the underground as you start talking about and you doing microdosing. What I I and I bring this up because we know of. Uh, like Compass, for example, which has uh, been able to go ahead and take, uh, you know, uh, psychedelics, and they've been able to put a, a, a thumbprint on it, like Monsanto did on Drain. Is there something specific that Mind Biotherapeutics is doing that specifically makes it different, let's say, than if I went on the internet and I, I bought, a, you know, a, 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 a tabs of, you know, window pane or whatever it's orange sunshine or whatever it is i mean what is what what's what's the difference here between what you're doing and what someone else might do if they decided to hear the podcast and say oh you know i think that's a good idea let me go ahead and you know find out about it and try it myself so i'm just trying to understand the you know the efficacy around you know because we do know in the states if you go out and you buy you know, street drugs, you know, a lot of times they're laced with, you know, fentanyl or some other chemicals. You don't know what you're getting. I mean, there's no purity aspect to it. So can you speak to that for a moment? Yeah, that's right. I mean, this this is a real issue here. So uh, it's, it's dawned on me that the data we have basically says this, if you're a healthy male, you microdose LSD, and it is LSD in the form that we've given it to patients every few days under that protocol, you're going to feel better you're going to feel well you're going to have more energy more creative you're going to feel more socially connected mm -hmm. uh, and so forth and so um, that's really interesting information to be sending out to the world and certainly it's confirmatory of what people have been saying in the microdosing community mm -hmm. however you are right uh, in saying that um these sort of the you know people who are who are who are out uh, um, accessing mm -hmm. these medicines mm -hmm. Uh, in the underground, they mm -hmm. don't know what they're taking. So we're really an advocate for obviously you know the scientific process here and just, just the discovery work. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, you know certainly it is safe uh, under the protocols we're we're testing. And um, you know mm -hmm. we really want to have a obviously we want to develop a controlled medicine that can be given under controlled circumstances. Um, LSD is not without its dangers, right? Mm -hmm. We need to understand mm -hmm. these. You know, these substances can uh, can change the way the brain works, and mm -hmm. uh, certainly there are some problems we've seen that need to be addressed. In and when people mm -hmm. take even microdoses of LSD, mm -hmm. a certain subset of, of uh, participants in the trials experience a certain level of jitteriness or mm -hmm. a mild anxiety, like they've had too mm -hmm. many coffees. Right. Um, and so, so yeah, so much so we've had to withdraw some of those people from the trials. So it's not mm -hmm. without its problems. And, you know, uh, my attitude to this is to just keep pushing the science hard. We want to know. We don't want to obstruct any of the information. We want to get access to the information so that once, when we're at the point where we're, uh, you know, we're, we're trying mm -hmm. to introduce these medicines to the medical community, we've mm -hmm. got all the data and it's undisputable. I think mm -hmm. that's very important um, in the pharmaceutical right. process. Right, right, good. So, so one of the things I heard there, and I was looking for that, you know, I was looking for that, that point. So, um, you know, I was going to ask you about, you know, the danger in terms of it being abused, if it was becoming more widely available, but it sounds to me like you're really talking about using it within a clinical setting, uh, bringing, uh, together the therapeutic elements of set setting and integration as a part of that. And in a lot of cases, the recreational stuff, it's going to be there. The underground's going to be there and abuse is going to happen, but you're really focused in on the medical community, if I understand that correctly, right? 
Yeah, that's correct. That's right. So, you know, we, we, it's thanks to the people that have been doing this for decades mm -hmm. that we sort of understood that it was doing something. We, we set out to test that thesis uh, and we've now proven it. And uh, so we can we can we can happily say that um, LSD is safe to take in microdoses and, mm -hmm. and that it works in a certain way in the brain. It's got a good effect on mood. Uh, but yeah, we our, our approach really is to just keep uh, getting at the science and to to mm -hmm. digging up the data. Uh, and um, we still got a long way to go, Keith. It's still a, this is a real marathon. Uh, this process, but um, it's looking very promising, and it's very exciting for people that are suffering from all these conditions that are hoping will come up with something that's going to work for them. Mm -hmm. um, it's really it's quite heartbreaking to talk to people that are suffering from mental health conditions and they've tried mm -hmm. everything. Uh, it's affecting their life in you know ways that. You know, that um, you know that's quite damaging, and and this is offering real hope to them. And what those people are doing now is they are reaching out to uh, the you know the the mycologists and the, the places around the world where they can access these substances, uh, mm -hmm. which is a great shame. The governments need to sort of take notice of this, which they're doing, mm -hmm. and uh, we're slowly seeing sort of the rules change and decriminalisation and so forth. Um, even in the last three years that I've been involved in this work, um, that environment has certainly changed. I didn't really know what to say about decriminalisation three years mm. ago. Mm. I've got a lot more to say about it now, and uh, certainly the more data we see, we can see that these these substances, the reason why people are taking them, is very positive. Right. So, and one of the things that uh, really um, uh, attracted me to, you know, after we met over at uh, Wonderland, uh, it was really understanding that you really uh, have a lot of values. Your company seems to have a lot of values around uh, bringing in the indigenous population, really understanding uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, the history around these psychedelics and around the use of psychedelics. Can you speak to that a little bit more in terms of how you bring in the indigenous population to your, you know, to your overall planning, if you will, as I understand it? Yes, well, this process is really quite special that we're seeing, um, and it's a real credit to our scientific team. Mm -hmm. So what happens in clinical science, particularly in the early stages in phase one, uh, so the, 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 there, you know, there, are, there are certain communities and certain, um, so for mm -hmm. instance, women are, are, are um, excluded from our phase one trials. Generally, that's done to get a baseline. Um, so women are un unrepresented in this early early sort of stage mm. clinical research, and also indigenous uh, communities appear to be uh, underrepresented. And so we are a culprit of both of those things in our phase one clinical trials. Both um, women and indigenous. Both the yes, women and right. the indigenous populations are included in your trials. Yeah. In in the in the phase one, we're yeah. we're a culprit of this. We're we're they are both underrepresented. So mm. it's just. Uh, 80 healthy men went through the phase one trials Got it. Uh, and there was a small cohort of indigenous um, the maori uh, community were included in the trials but what we realized is that that's not representative of things and so certainly in phase two uh, we introduce uh, uh, women um, and female sex at birth into uh, mm -hmm. these the, the trials and um, and also we're aware of the the um, profound um, and mental health issues that experienced by indigenous communities all around the world it's the same and so it's that mental health crisis is kind of amplified we're finding in australia and new zealand and so what we're doing in, in the clinical trials is we're engaging with the um, the indigenous elders uh, we're bringing in uh, cultural aspects into the clinical trials we're adding in uh, specialist uh, psychometric tests and mm. uh, that have been designed to 
talk in a way that's meaningful to the Maori community uh, and uh, even to the point where the clinical trial rooms, the laboratories are being blessed uh, by these communities. And so this engagement, I think, is important, right? And uh, uh, this inclusive engagement, um, and that's what I find very positive about uh, what our team are doing uh, with this research. Hmm. That's lovely. Uh, and that's really uh, very, very, very important. So uh, it seems to me that you're uh, really uh, trailblazing uh, new areas and you're really having a very, very open mind about, uh, you know, where the company is going. Uh, any other challenges that you think uh, MindBio Therapeutics has in the future in terms of uh, bringing your products to market? And, you know, how do people find out about the company? Yeah, so the you know the main challenge that we're at is um, you know trying to solve this mental health crisis that we're really facing, and um, that's certainly that burden. I feel that burden being being at the helm of this um, organisation, and um, I think it's our responsibility to to bring the the science forward uh, as quickly as we can to prove that um, you know everything that people have been saying about these medicines have been saying for decades. We just need to bring the proof forward, and then once we've got the proof, we need to get make them accessible uh, mm-hmm. as soon as we can, so that we can start changing people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we're accessible. I'm, I'm, I'm best followed on LinkedIn, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I do a lot of uh, a lot of my um, communications are there. Uh, and, and as you said, Keith, we are uh, going to list um, float the company on the mm-hmm. Canadian Securities Exchange um, early next year. We've got a shareholder vote in late December on that process, mm-hmm. uh, and that's very exciting, I think, because that kind of brings us to puts us on the global stage. Um, we, mm-hmm. It broadens our access to investors in the sector. It certainly gives my um, my team and myself a sort of a a, 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 um, a platform that we you know we can kind of use our voices to change uh, mental health for good, and that's what we're here to do. Right. Well, that's that's lovely. And I I signed up uh, on the company's uh, website. That's Mind Bio Therapeutics. So I'm really hoping to go ahead and get some information about the company, be on the newsletter, which I've already started to get some uh, notices. And uh, let me ask you, uh, before you float or after you float the company, are you heading over to Peru to go ahead and uh, expand your mind and expand your experience a little bit? Is that is that anywhere in your plan, Justin? Well, you know, I certainly am, I've, be, I've, I've found social media and um, my four teenage uh, uh, young adult children are quite outraged about it. Um, and I'd love to film uh, some of these experiences and oh, uh, participate good. in these ceremonies. I think they are mm-hmm. uh, just wonderful. I, I've just watched um, Daniel Castillo's mm-hmm. uh, video, uh, which was just, you know, quite beautiful, really, and uh, very brave for what they're doing with veterans. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I am very curious. I'd like to go and see that those places, and certainly um, I'm open to invitations. Oh, good, good. Well, uh, certainly, as you know, I'm a, a member of... Uh, the Heroic Hearts Project, uh, working with veterans, uh, and uh, really very much open to the uh, same thing. So we need to stay in touch, and certainly uh, uh, I look forward to learning more about your company. You're a rock-solid guy, and uh, you're really involved in a real uh, incredible area, uh, which I'm involved with as well. Uh, one, One final thing. Um, do you think that uh, from the viewpoint of uh, microdosing, individuals have a more mindful attitude? And, you know, this is the Mindfulness Experience podcast. So I'm just wondering your view in terms of, uh, you know, does like Paul Stamets says, does microdosing LSD, does it really help create a kinder, gentler society and kinder, gentler people in your view? 
Well, absolutely. There, you know, the, the, the data shows us that people feel more socially connected. And this, this uh, concept of social connectivity is a theme that runs right throughout the psychedelics community. Mm -hmm. People feel closer with one another. And, and um, that can only be a good thing if we can create more of that. Great, great. Well, listen, uh, Justin, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Uh, again, Mind Biotherapeutics, Justin Hanka, you can, that's H-A-N-K-A, you can find him on LinkedIn. And uh, well, uh, I hope you have a great day. It's early in the day over there in uh, Australia, right? It certainly is. Thank you, Keith. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. My pleasure as well, Justin. Thank you for listening to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We have other exciting guests coming up in the next few weeks, so stay tuned. For more mindfulness tips and tricks, visit our website at workmindfulness.com. Thanks again for being a part of the Mindfulness Experience. This is Keith Fiveson.